0: Through. Hey Revelation.
1: Everybody, welcome to the podcast. It is Monday, October sixteenth. The sixteenth, it is the sixteenth. So today, this Monday, as I do every Monday, I'll be giving a Sunday review of the mainstream media. So I'll be checking in with the Sunday New York Times showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. Also, I'll be checking in uh, with Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning propaganda where they talk about distractive technologies that are affecting our behavior, productivity, and stress levels. So their correspondent, David Pogue, uh, tries to get answers from researcher Gloria Mark, who's the author of a book, Attention Span. Also... I'll be checking in with Maggie Brennan on Face the Nation uh, where Rhino Republican Mike Turner who's the chair of the House Intelligence Committee says uh, the budgets the bills for the budgets will be bundled with border security and support for Ukraine and Israel exactly what MAGA doesn't want and Turner also states that Biden should be indicted as a serial document hoarder but says that Biden and Trump should be treated equally, even though Trump had the right as president to declassify and keep documents where Joe Biden had not. So on one hand, he says they should be treated equally, but then he also goes ahead and says that Biden should be indicted. Trump shouldn't be indicted and Biden should be indicted. They shouldn't be treated equally because it's two different. Not to mention that Trump had his documents secured and Biden had them all over his garage where um, Chinese gardeners could go photograph them if they wanted. So we'll be getting into the review of the mainstream media uh, right now. Ah! All right, we're going to get into the Sunday New York Times here, and I'm going to whip through these headlines. I'm Got um, getting the episode up late today, gotta excuse me, I had some stuff I had to do this morning, and then I was having trouble putting all this together, I had some technical problems. So I'm gonna start out with Roxanne Gay's um, work friend column in the business section, where she says, it's not okay to police co-workers pronouns. So there was a person that wrote in even if you think they're using their identities for personal branding, there was a person who wrote in that said that they're a millennial gay man and that they welcome the use of identifying pronouns, which is the most ridiculous shit in the world. People shouldn't be compelled to do anything they don't want to do, especially when it comes to culture. You should just do your own thing and you should be respected for doing your own thing. And if somebody doesn't want to use pronouns or what have you, they shouldn't have to do it. But that's the problem with, with people and now in these protected classes, they don't want to come and cudgel you with pronouns or if you do And that's the thing, it's, it's a nanny it's a nanny cult where they're gonna come over and nag you to death about, first they ask you to do it, and then if you don't do it correctly, that they're gonna nag you about it. So this person goes on to say that they work for a data and analytics company. Our leadership remain, remains largely white, cis, straight, and male, and seeing him, he, him, his, and their signatures does nothing to change that, but it is a gesture toward inclusion. It isn't a gesture toward inclusion. If people don't want to put, you know, how they want to be referred, they shouldn't put it. And like I said, I don't think that you should police language. If if someone refers to you as such and you don't like it, um, you should say to them, "Hey, I want to be called um, a golden dragon or whatever, or zir, or blur, a or burr." Or, I mean, that's not even English. Uh, so. To me, it really doesn't matter. But out of respect, if someone says I want to be called, you know, just call me Golden Dragon, I'm like, I'll be like, <laughs> okay. And if I snicker behind your back, you're going to have to forgive me. So in any case, they go they go on to, and of course it's anonymous, and they want to inclusive of trans people and all this other crap. And then Roxane Gay goes on to, no, you shouldn't... Um, you know, you shouldn't nag people about using pronouns. They're using the pronouns or they're trying to do their best, whatever. Okay, you know, okay. And she says, it's not okay to police coworkers pronouns. It's not okay to police coworkers anything, right? You're not, if you're not that person superior, it's not okay for you to, to police anything about what they're doing. And that's the problem with what's going on in today's society is, You shouldn't be policing your fellow man. Are you your your brother's keeper? Perhaps you should be able to help people. But helping and policing them for what you think subjectively is right uh, is way out of bounds. I always, you know, everyone's trying to ascend, but stay in your fucking lane. And that's my problem is, if you're not staying in your fucking lane, maybe you should think about doing that. So not policing your coworkers, anything. So I had some other behavioral stories, but I'll get into that in uh, just a second. But I wanted to get into this climate change. Um, In Alaska, a road to metals needed for clean energy could also cause harm. A proposed industrial road would cut through pristine wilderness in Alaska to reach planned copper and zinc mines that they need for electronics. I'm not going to go into this article, but here is the rub like you're doing business with China that oppresses its people and uses slave labor. And of course, they're not accepting of trans people in in communist China. But here's the issue is that's the problem with what all you people on the postmodern left subjectively believe in climate change or or trans rights or, or any of these things is that you don't implore balance. So, you don't understand the unforeseen consequences of your action. So, you charge ahead in your subjective belief, whatever you believe is righteous, that climate change, which there is no evidence that says man made pollution affects climate change. It's certainly, CO2, which is a naturally occurring gas, carbon, which most of the planet, including most humans, are made out of and what you exhale carbon dioxide, isn't a pollutant, but I'm not gonna digress too much further, is that you're moving all to electric, that just makes you more of a slave to uh, electricity generation, power generation, you leave it up to somebody else. Um, If you rule out all the fossil fuels that you can't have a generator, you're gonna find out where you're at. and and most particularly around the world is cheap power comes from the fossil fuel generated power on an individual scale, people using generators uh, to create power. And that way they could sell whatever their power generates. It could be to run a mill or to run um, some sort of equipment or something they need for their trade. And so they could sell that. So cheap energy, for the worldwide poor is a boon to keep them out of poverty. If you start saying, well, we have to have state or, or, or corporate generated power for you to have any power in the world, I digress. So also, you saw this in Australia too, there was voted down some indigenous bill or a referendum that people were just sick of the of the left uh, down under in Micronesia or, or all those places like New Zealand um, elects its most conservative government in decades. And the actual headline was New Zealand shifts right in prime minister choice. The rightward shift came as voters punished the party once led by Jacinda Ardern. And if you don't know her, she was a flaming authoritarian for failing to deliver the transform transformational change that it had promised. no. Again, the New York Times is way off base and mischaracterizing facts to mislead people. Jacinda Ardern, like what's happening in Canada, was an authoritarian, and when COVID came around, she showed all her fangs and claws, um, and people were like, whoa, this isn't what we voted for. It wasn't transformab- transformational change, which change." is indeed transformational, so that's kind of redundant. Um, She was indeed crazy, crazy authoritarian. And just like what happened in Australia, uh, the the freedom-loving people of both those countries down under um, firmly rejected those people. They actually pushed uh, Ardern out of office early. Uh, and, 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 and they were traumatized by the reaction to COVID because like New Zealand and Australia, they had very few cases, but they were some of the most stringent in their laws or restrictions. Um, it was indeed crazy. You could see that Australia refused to have unvaccinated people come to their country even to play for tennis tournaments. I just threw this in here because there's a couple of things I wanted to, you know, if you're not spiritual, maybe you are, if you don't believe in God, or if you're spiritual, just tune in just for a second. A UK university will confer a new title, a master's degree in the occult, the postgraduate degree to be offered at the University of Exeter starting next year will focus on the history of magic, folklore, and rituals. This is the problem with, uh, again, you know, go ahead and, and and read and read about the occult. I, I you know, I don't want to get into JSTOR and all the things. and if you look into Freemasonry and Babylon and, and and Kabbalah and all this stuff, you have to understand is what they teach about the occult is just trying to get people into um black magic, right? They don't talk about white magic. they don't talk about the occult and how it works into accepted science. The history of magic folklore and rituals, it's a bunch of nonsense, this black magic bullshit about, it's like the Church of Satan and all this stuff, and all it does is try to give credence to black followers of black magic and demonology and and Satanism. Um, it, It doesn't really teach you about the occult. Like, They they don't teach you about theosophy or Kabbalah in here at all or accepted mysticism, whether it's Sufism or anything like, or Christian or or Gnosticism. It's all about witches and all this other nonsense uh, that these people... Professor Emily Sklob, the University of Exeter, during a visit, you know, she's going to be teaching the courts... Six in 10 adults believe in one or more of the following, reincarnation, astrology, psychics, and the presence of spiritual energy and physical objects like mountains or trees. That's pantheonism. And, and they throw it all over. Astrology is important. Reincarnation for most religions is obviously important, especially for Buddhism or even the raising of the dead in, 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 uh, in Christian biology. Astrology, also very important. If you believe the movement of the heavenly bodies or electromagnetism has any, you know, or gravity has any uh, influence, it certainly has influence on the tides and whatnot, or the cycles of the mood, whether it affects people's behavior, or whatnot. Um, and, and psychics or the presence of spiritual energy. They don't say, talk about spiritual energy, right spiritual energy in physical objects like mountains or trees and and they they take it out there they take it out there so a rock has a spiritual energy maybe or maybe not that can't even be studied but there has also been renewed interest in witches with feminism and pop culture embracing the symbols of female independence the trend is reflected in TikTok where witch talk amassed nearly 50 billion views. And see, this is where they go. It's just so, and it's like the Wiccan, the Witch Wave podcast. The fact is the occult is, is real and very powerful and it's the hidden knowledge. That's the whole point of the occult. It's hidden knowledge. It's not about witches and Satanism. It's about hidden knowledge, which, you know, some of the righteous and some of the God-fearing people say you shouldn't dabble in that because it's dangerous. And Jehovah told us, whether you believe in such things, not to meddle in that. Um, because if you don't really understand it, you're gonna, might go down a path that's gonna be detrimental uh, for your spiritual growth or the lend, uh, you know everlasting aspect of your soul. Going beyond that. What they teach you in the occult is always about witches and all this Halloween bullshit, but they don't teach you about the, you know, study uh, the Kabbalah and they'll teach you about real occultism and what it all means. Spiritual energy, whether they're talking about, you know, angels and demons, demons are just, well, in most cases, angels, like the seven emanations, if you go into theosophy, And all theosophy is, is um, Blavatsky went out and studied all the mystic traditions in all the religions, all the worlds. And she, she found the common denominators and put them all together in books. You know, it's worth a read, learn about the seven emanations. That's really the, the advent of Satanism and all these other things. And the reason I got into this is the human brain has a dizzying array of mystery cells. So they just recently discovered 3,300 types of brain cells, or a magnitude that was previously unknown, and have only a dim notion of most of them. What most of them do? Here you go. The power of the mind is still misunderstood, and they constantly are trying to map the mind to control the mind. Um, but there is, like the pineal gland, there is. Most people do believe, or your chakras, or your chi. There's an energy within you and within your mind as well um, that can communicate unverbally with you know without speaking can communicate with the rest of the universe as one if if you so believe or just in general with other usually living things inanimate objects usually don't have vibratory natures but I'm not going to digress into all this thing. All I'm saying is like, I had this conversation with my brother the other day. Most of it's unknown. So saying, I don't know, like I don't know what God is. I believe in the Hebrew creator God, but I can't tell you I know what he is. I have some idea. If you study the Zephyroth or if you study duality, you know, you might get an understanding, but I don't claim to know much of anything all i can do is recall what i read and that it's been corroborated so you have a fair notion of what you think is a fact or a truth you know it's not just what you believe it's it's what you intellectually can parse out as being a possible fact you know taking away any note of motivation that might lead someone to tell you you know a lie or be deceitful so here's an article, uh, has some, uh, a news article from The Times. Has support for Ukraine peaked some fear so the war in the Middle East? Anxiety about the commitment of the U.S. and divisions in Europe are worrying Kiev that aid from the West Mainland. It's already been pulled out in the United States. United States doesn't support war. They, they concocted this righteous argument that Ukraine was unprovoked attack from Russia and most people don't understand history or they don't even know geography or what the hell's going on uh, as far as global, the global political milieu, the scope of what's happening and the strategic interest of Ukraine, Crimea, and the Black Sea to the Russians um, and historically how they felt about it. They don't know that. They just said, Russia invaded Ukraine. And as uh, Kamal Harris said, big country invades little country. Do You understand now? So little country has to fight back against big country. So little country needs our help. Ukraine, which has been in the sphere of influence of Russia almost forever, and before it was actually a country in 1991, which was only 30 years ago, but has been notoriously corrupt, like a lot of Slavic countries are. They just, they look at corruption, and a lot of countries, not just Slavic, but even uh, some Hispanic countries, they look at corruption as just that's part of life. That's just the way it is. It's not like in the United States where we abhor corruption because you can't get done something ideologically pure with corruption in there because someone's always taking a payment to do exactly the opposite of what they're supposed to do. So the polling has been done. United States doesn't like supporting war. They see where this is going another 20 years like Afghanistan. And so people, you know, are done with the flavor of the day and they're moving on to Israel, which this wedge issue was happening and their focus is moving on. So the, the Congress, the United States Congress is hoping to bundle all this shit as we'll see later um, with uh, Mike Turner is they wanna bundle all the support now. Billions of dollars for Ukraine, billions of dollars more for Israel. We already get, uh, support them with billions of dollars and then uh, maybe a billion dollars for border security. And so he wants to bundle all that in a bill uh, and th- that's not what the people want. So so sure the the support has peaked for Ukraine Where's your Ukrainian flag? Now it's gonna be people either have Israel or or, or the Palestinian flag. This is an outlier behind, and, and this is why they, you have to understand, this is why they launched or allowed or got Hamas to launch an attack on Israel is to distract from all the important things, including the waning support for Ukraine and behind the senators' indictments of foreign spy service works in Washington. Yes, as I mentioned before, Israel has a very advanced spy network, um, the Mossad, but so does Egypt, and so does uh, Pakistan. The ISI is, is very well known for their prowess in, in the intelligence circles. But Egypt also has an advance, and so does Saudi Arabia, and Egypt has a powerful intelligence agency wields influence in Washington. And so they bribed, um, and, and who are these uh, Islamic intelligence agencies or intelligence agencies from uh, Islamic countries? They're always in bed with the friggin' left because the left controls Islamic militancy. Even if you don't believe me. So, They're they're offering up low hanging fruit. We already knew for many years now that Menendez was corrupt, and he is. And so even the New York Times now is reporting that you know. And here's something to take away from it: the actual fact is, leftist senator in bed with Islamic states. You know, it's really a military junta in Egypt. I don't want to, but Egypt is Islamic. You know, sure, they have from Christians, but during the Arab Spring, most of the Coptic Christians, which Coptic Christianity is very important, were driven out. But beside that, Egypt is a, a mostly Muslim, majority Muslim country, and its intelligence agencies, where there are lots of Muslims, are working with the left. So get it straight. Fact or fiction, in this war, it's hard to tell. Social media is full of false and misleading posts. The rise of AI is making it worse, and the trust in traditional news sources has declined. Um, this is about what's happening in Israel and Hamas, and you're getting it from both sides, and it's driving people crazy. You already had some guy in Illinois kill a Palestinian kid and severely wounded his mother. Um it looks a little contrived with a knife, the type of knives that they want to ban, um, but I'll get in that tomorrow. Um, but there's propaganda all over the place now. Don't watch the news in regards to what's happening in Israel. Why? Because like the New York Times reports, uh, the secrets Hamas knew about Israel's military, and I believe the actual headline was uh, Hamas attack exploited secrets of Israel's military. Um Hamas gunman surged into Israel in a highly organized and meticulously planned operation that suggested a deep understanding of Israeli weaknesses. Um, bullshit. It was a lie hop. The attack was allowed to happen. There was no, no Israeli uh, helicopter gunships in the air in anywhere near Gaza for hours after the attack and it wasn't and they breached in 15 different places there wasn't one signal there wasn't there wasn't any way that they knew oh, this is just it's really quite ri- absurd and silly to think that one of the top notch uh intelligence agencies We're unaware, even though we do have word that Egypt warned Israel days before. And anybody, you talk to anybody who's familiar with Israeli intelligence, even uh, ex-IDF members, intelligence analysts say this is just impossible. There is no way. And these are Israelis. No way that Israel didn't know this attack was coming. And they let it happen on purpose uh, for some end. And I think it was really the Western Democratic left, the postmodern left, that needed this to happen because of uh, specifically for a distraction, because they're losing. as we saw in, again, New Zealand, another country that is shifting to the right, because they see the way the neoliberals, the postmodern left and the WEF um, are trying to control every aspect of your life and then try to shove things down your throat uh, that you're really not interested in. Why am I not getting the headline for this? So the headline for this was, um, excuse me, I have to get the paper for some reason. This isn't reloading. Um, This is breaking the promise of free preschool for all. Cutbacks raise the questions of whether a city program uh, should focus on the neediest neighborhoods and then they changed the headline uh, in an expensive city who should get free preschool cutbacks. And it's because all the immigrants are coming to the city. It's costing uh, the city billions of dollars. I think Adam said it was 5 or $6 billion just for supporting the migrants. And what kind of free uh, preschool should that uh, should that be off? You know, would that pay for? and now they have to decide who gets it. You know, I'm on the fence of whether uh, preschool should be free. I mean, you could easily bundle it in to existing school programs in states and whatever. I believe it's a state issue. You know, if New York wants to vote for that, fine, but I'm a conservative at heart. How much does it cost? What can actually provide? Should it be provided maybe for the indigent, uh, you know, people that don't have the money, the neediest of folks who need to work just to get, you know, to stay off the street? And perhaps it's debatable. So we're going to run into the opinion pages really quick here. And of course, uh, Jesse Wegman uh, has an opinion piece, The Real Danger in Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s Independent Run and of course, what do they say is independent tickets never win. So why are they allowed to take away votes from other parties? And because that's democracy. And they said, it's actually, they they took it out of here, I believe in the newspaper. It was, um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was. It's a danger for allow to, if independent presidential runs, it's a danger to democracy. And that's what I'm talking about. You don't allow people to choose a candidate, even if it's a third-party candidate. And then most people are arguing for more choices. Some people are arguing for a parliamentary system. And now you have somebody giving an opinion that third-party is and it's the right there in the Constitution a contingent election decided by the House of Representatives? Arguably the worst part of the Electoral College systems. So let's just get rid of it. Ask the people why they don't like Electoral College. That's roughly two thirds of Americans, and they will point to the occasional habit of awarding the presidency to a candidate that becomes secular in the po- second in the popular vote. It's not about popular vote. It's a federated system, asshole. So people in Montana have the choice of, of having a fair stake in electing a president. Then the most populous states would run roughshod over the least populous states. That's not democracy. These people are popular votes doesn't, it, <laughs> it's like, what if you have states with really poor populations that just want free stuff? Well, they're going to vote for the socialist candidate and fuck the people that want to pay their taxes and live independently. Chaos and destabilization that contingent elections provoked in the past and undoubtedly will again. A time bomb lodged near the heart of the nation. Absurd. This is not democracy. It's like trying to get President Trump out of the race. He's supported by more than half the electorate not half of the republican party half of the electorate you want and you don't want him to be eligible that's not democracy there's a contingent of, of the people in, in a parliamentary system realistically rfk junior could win he could cobble against uh, cobble together a coalition i say everybody should should have a chance so they want to run independently because obviously RFK Jr. knows that it's up to the party to pick their nominee. Not during a primary get voted in, they get to pick the pro- the nominee. And he knows that there's no way the Democratic Party will pick him because he's a crank. And the fact is the greatest thing about his candidacy, he gets free speech to talk about vaccine damage et al. And the fact is, is that many Democrats want a closed border you know, on, on the Southern border of the United States. Many Democrats want other things that are being foisted upon them by the Democratic Party. It's like, oh, you're progressive? You have to want this. You have to go along with this. You have to, it, that's why it's a cult. You have to, you cannot diverge from what the party line is. It's ridiculous. So Michelle Goldberg has this, um, if you don't know Michelle Goldberg, she's a like a leftist housewife, a ma- Jewish, obviously, a massacre in Israel and the need for a decent left. The actual headline in the newspaper was need for decency from the American left. And you're seeing it now because this wedge issue with Israel and Hamas is a lot of the left are alienating the Jewish left because they're all supporting for a pal, they're supporting the Palestinian state, and in that lump, they're supporting uh, the Hamas attack. And that's and that's why now, Michelle Goldberg is asking for decency from the left. The left has gone postmodern, and there hasn't been any decency since they claim that subjective reality is actually a thing and they don't want that, they don't want decency, they want atheism, they want nihilism or nihilism, if you're so inclined, is you've been Michelle Goldberg with the indecent left for some time. And now they're being indecent to you, and now you have a problem with it. Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you, Michelle Goldberg, um, but the fact is, is that now Jews have been profoundly shaken by the way some on the left are treating the terrorist mass murder of civilians and noble acts of anti-colonial resistance. Mass, terrorist mass murder to you, what's the old phrase? Is one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. Hello, murder is murder. And of course, murder of civilians is murder of civilians. You don't think Israel is murdering civilians in in, in, uh, in the Gaza? Come on, dumb. People are just dumb. And I'm just gonna leave really quickly before we get on uh, into the video segments um, from Jamel Bowie. This is how the Republican Party got southernized. Um, He sucks. So he's basically in this whole opinion piece. He equates Republicans with the South. And it's only after, and the South has always been Democrats because Democrats are the party of the Klan and and they're not for individualism. And that's the point. And the only reason it's because of LGBJ signing the Civil Rights Act that that's how the Republican Party got Southernized, that they all left the party um, because the racist contingent of people in the South, the Klan members that used to be part of the Democratic Party, went over to the Republican Party just because LBJ signed the Civil Rights Act, which they didn't believe in at the time because still in the in the early 60s, or at this point in the late 60s, um, they st- a lot of people still believed in segregation. Okay, that was 50 years ago. Most people in the South don't believe that. Maybe some of the older generation, okay. Um, younger generation don't believe that. They wanna be left alone. But no, he has to go into this long thing about um, you know, how as late as the Nixon presidency from, and he talks about this book, the downfall and moderation and destruction of the Republican Party from Eisenhower to the Tea Party. So Eisenhower was great in the 50s, but the Tea Party is somehow racist. It's just, it's it's ridiculous, it was LBJ. Barry Goldwater, not racist. Lyndon Johnson was racist. And so he confounds the whole argument of history into something that the Republican Party, as always Jamel Bowie's thing, the Republican Party now is racist. This is what I hear from my brother. Oh, if you're a Republican, you're racist. There's just no evidence of that. You don't look today into the Republican party and find me the evidence. Where the, where's the claim in the Republican party? You know, it's just, it's not there. And there were some people, and I talked about my brother with this, that because you flew the Confederate flag at one point, that didn't mean you were racist. Now, if you see it in a crowd of a million, if you see one Confederate flag, that means the million people there are racist. There's some people that still don't equate the Confederate flag with racism. And if you know anything about the Civil War, it wasn't just fought about slavery. There were other items, topics, that they were seceding from the Union for. And that's not a racist statement, but whatever. So first we're gonna get into uh, David Pogue and Sunday morning propaganda And, and... The point is, I had to chop this up to tell you that the fact is that there is a topic here about distraction, but they try to make it two sides. And at the end, it's like, oh, is it really terrible technology or is it, you know, not so bad? It is bad. The technology is purposeful today. It's to control your mind. It's to give you a short attention span so they can control your mind and to leave you without critical thinking skills. So let's get into that.
0: Does it seem like our lives are moving along at an ever faster pace? Take just one example, the online world, where algorithms feed us an endless stream of engaging content. But are we really living life faster? And is this change changing us? The new world order. Pay close attention.
2: Does it ever seem like something is going on with our attention spans? Most downloaded app is TikTok, an infinite stream of very short video clips. These days, multitasking while you're tasking is the norm among young people. Just ask counselor Lauren Barnett and her daughters Zoe and Sasha.
0: Doing work on their computers, watching TV, but also on their phones, t- texting people. I
2: have a short attention span. You hate long classes. Yeah, I can't sit in long classes. I think I just... sit at long meals. Yeah. Gloria Mark is an attention researcher at the University of California, Irvine. Is there any scientific evidence that attention spans are getting shorter?
0: Yes.: So we started studying attention span length over 20 years ago. We would shadow people with a stopwatch, and every time they shifted attention, we'd click "Stop. In 2003, we found that attention spans averaged about two and a half minutes on any screen before people switched. In the last five, six years, they're averaging 47 seconds on a screen.
2: How can you get anything done if you're supposed to write a report and 47 seconds later, you're switching to another app? You do it with great difficulty. Professor Mark maintains that a shorter attention span has three downsides.
0: The first is that people make more errors when they do attention shifting. Second downside is that it takes longer to do something because we have to reorient to every new task every time we shift. The third downside, maybe this is the worst of all, is that stress increases when people are Working on multiple tasks, and they have to shift their attention. Their blood pressure rises.
2: You don't have to be a professor to guess at the cause of our greater distractibility. It's technology, of course. Ah! Phones, social media, texting. Sasha Barnett can attest to that. Do you guys have iPhones? Yeah. Go into the uh, screen time settings and tell us how many unlocks in a day. Um. (laughs) You can do that oh pickups okay
1: yesterday i picked it up <gasps> 236. oh my nine. god <laughs> ah! that's a lot
3: <laughs> i don't think our attention spans have changed
2: really at all job! i don't think cornell psychology professor emeritus james cutting as lauren barnett points out technology's not going away
3: it's their whole world there's no job where they could be without it there's no academic environment where they could be without, like there's no social interaction unless they go away to the mountains for two months.
0: I am not an advocate of throwing away technology. What What we need to do instead is learn how to live with it.
2: Every generation thinks that technology is ruining the next one. That's why I'm hung up on this notion of, is it worse or is it just different?
3: Depends on whether they're considering productivity or concerning well-being and i think they're two very different things i think they'll be just as productive but their well-being with all that increased productivity uh, there's no question that their well-being is negatively impacted
1: all right and then we're just going to um <laughs> technology is bad for you i just <laughs> i just have to say technology is bad for you It's okay. Like they say, it's here to stay. You want to use it. Okay, that's fine. But there should be times you're putting your cell phone in a drawer, you know, go for a hike, go do something else, read actual printed material, either a newspaper or a book. You need to step away from technology every so often because we're working on computers. We're, We're, you know, on our cell phones all the time. I'm not personally. And then you're playing video games. So you're always engaging with technology. You need to be able to break away from that, obviously. So let's go to Mike Turner now. And the most important thing you have to understand here that he says, Joe Biden illegally took documents. He should be indicted and prosecuted because, and especially the way they were stored. But not only that, he's a rhino because he wants to bundle funding for Ukraine and Israel, funding for war with, funding to protect the border. When most of MAGA says that has to be a separate bill, funding for the border, we could vote for that and approve it and see who votes for it and approves it and then vote for more war funding, which we won't do.
4: We go now to the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Mike Turner, who. We heard the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, say that the request to Congress will be significantly higher than $2 billion in terms of aid for Ukraine and for ah! Israel. Oh. Uh, can you tell us about- well,
3: I met with him and- <laughs> <laughs> the the- at the end of last week, and they're talking in terms of a quad of really of a need of a national security package, what? and that is um, certainly the border, uh, additional funds there for border control. Uh, the border barrier, the wall that the administration has now said needs to go forward in in areas uh, Ukraine, what? Um, obviously, uh, now that we're dealing with this, this crisis with Israel, uh, bolstering our support for them. And then uh, as they're putting those together so that, that we don't piecemeal this, and we look at this as an overall national security package, it'll give us a better understanding of ability to have a debate as to what's needed from the United States.
4: Don't piecemeal this, you said. So you support bundling all of those things together. Do you ah! think your fellow Republicans will support that? Ah! So in the past, you've supported Jim Jordan. So do the allegations that he turned a blind eye to sexual assault at Ohio University cause any problems for you or the allegations that he had knowledge of Donald Trump's attempts on January 6th and leading up to it to stop the election certification?
3: Well, first, Margaret, the the allegations at at Ohio State, there's not one person who's ever said that they have knowledge of Jim Jordan having any knowledge. And what occurred at Ohio State wasn't even under... Jim Jordan, he was not the, the head coach. This was not something that he had responsibility for. So those that are making accusations are making you know, just presumptions of, well, he ha- would have had to have known. But it, it, there's no one, I mean, mind you, this was years ago, no one who has come forward at all ever and ever said that there was actual knowledge on Jim Jordan's part. And of course he condemns what, what occurred there. So no, no pause on your point, part. Vote on the floor was, should the speaker, Kevin McCarthy, be removed? And every Democrat, 208 of them, voted to remove Kevin McCarthy. So at this point, I I would prefer there to be a Republican solution because when when they rejected bipartisanship, it's kind of hard to then go back to it. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of people on the bench. Uh, I think uh, Jim Jordan will be an excellent speaker. I think he'll be able to get to 217.
4: I want to also ask you about a comment you made on this program recently. You were talking about classified documents um, mishandled by the current president, and you said uh, that when it came to Biden, um, this past week, President Biden was interviewed by Special Counsel Robert Hur. Um, will there be legal consequences? Will your committee do anything to act on this? I mean, and what exactly do you mean equally egregious?
3: And in this instance, if you notice, indictment? you're getting. Indictment. Leaked- you're getting leak after leak after leak on the Trump documents. You're hearing nothing on the Biden documents. So you're continuing to see the inequality that comes out of the Justice Department, as there's silence on the other side with respect to Biden's. Uh, and by the way, he was a he was a serial classified document hoarder. I reviewed documents that were from yeah. all the time that he's he's been in government. Uh, this really is a very serious breach by president biden
4: just to, to be clear here though are you saying that president biden had top secret and tssci classification level documents in his personal oh. home that that's that, that's
3: that's public already uh, margaret that that is so i'm not confirming something that that people don't already know that is correct you can't handle the truth okay
4: so I THINK YOU'RE SAYING THAT HE SHOULD BE INDICTED.
3: THEY'RE CONTINUING THEIR INVESTIGATION WITH with PRESIDENT BIDEN. I DON'T THINK PRESIDENT BIDEN IN THE END HAS BEEN FOUND TO VIOLATE THE LAW AND I BELIEVE FROM WHAT I'VE SEEN THAT HE HAS.
4: BUT HAVE YOU SEEN EVIDENCE OF A a CRIME? IT SOUNDS LIKE THAT'S WHAT YOU ARE
3: SAYING. I HAVE SEEN EVIDENCE OF THE FACT THAT CLASSIFIED DOCUMENTS OF SOME OF THE HIGHEST LEVELS HAVE BEEN MISHANDLED BY PRESIDENT BIDEN, YES. YOU
1: CAN'T HANDLE THE TRUTH. MIKE (laughs) TURNER. So there you go. So there you go, Um, Mike Turner, he's a rhino. He tries to slam Trump every time he, you know, every time. And then he wants to compare Joe Biden and Trump said they should be treated equally. They really shouldn't because Trump was president. Joe Biden was never, well, he's president now, but when he took all the documents, he didn't have the right to do so. So it's completely, it's apples and oranges when you really think about it. So uh, Biden should certainly be indicted, among other things. Obviously, he's pay for play, but specifically, it's open and shut case. He was found with documents he shouldn't have had, and he didn't have the power to declassify them and to take them. And as far as the budgets go, Everything should be separated. You want a war budget? You can put a bud. You know, you could put a bill together and say we need to give billions to Ukraine and Israel. Israel, and we could vote that down or not. Or why don't you separate the two? So we could vote down more uh, Ukraine funding and vote up if if you so desire. uh, Because Israel doesn't really need more money, uh, so there's no point in giving it. But they just want to keep printing money. But we definitely need money to finish the wall and border security. So let's vote for that. So I think that's where we are right now. Um, I'm sorry I ran long today. It's really long and I got the episode up late. Um, But certainly uh, stuff to chew on, stuff to think about. Uh, So tomorrow we're going to be talking a little bit about the propaganda and the effect it's having uh, on everybody worldwide as they push this wedge issue, both. The mainstream media is both uh, uh, reporting support for Palestine, but also support for Israel. So here's your cognitive dissonance. All right, we'll see you tomorrow.
4: You 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 can't handle the truth. The New
0: World Order.